Welcome to the Dynasty Junkies Podcast with your hosts, Rocky Petrella and Dustin Church. Let's get to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 19 of the Dynasty Junkies Podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict, along with my co-host, Dustin Church at Dynasty Junkie FF. Dustin, I know you're coming off a long day. Uh, how, how's it going? You you, you, you do beat down to, to go through this pod here? Or what's up? <laughs> you know, I, I'm excited to pod. Um, I'm really excited. We're a week away from the season. Like I was talking to people about it today, like we're one week away. Like we're finally here. It seemed like it's so long, obviously, with, with COVID and no preseason and everything like that. But like we're here. So I'm just really pumped and really excited to to get the season started. You know, making those last minute roster changes and you know, making some final trades to get my my rosters ready, but you know I'm ready to go. How are you? Yeah, doing great. I can't. It doesn't feel like we're a week away. It's kind of crazy, um, but I'm very excited as well, and very excited for the guests we have coming up heading into the season, especially tonight. Um, we have Rich Dotson from Dynasty Nerds, a special one for me. When I got first got into Dynasty in 2015, uh, Dynasty Nerds this was the main content I was consuming to learn about the game. So thanks for coming on, Rich, and I appreciate all, all the knowledge you gave me to get to this point. Thanks for having me, fellas. Glad to be here. Yeah. It's, uh, well, we, we've been around for a while here to uh, talk <laughs> Dynasty Fantasy Football. Yep, yeah, and always been good stuff. So we'll get right into the uh, get into the show. Um, before we get into the fantasy face-off, there were a couple news items this week that we thought were worth starting off with. Uh, the biggest one, obviously, being the Leonard Fournette uh, release and then signing with Tampa Bay. So, uh, Rich, do you, what do you think uh, about Fournette's uh, prospects now that he's in Tampa as compared to Jacksonville? Yeah, this is my predicted landing spot for Leonard Fournette. Uh, I thought he was going to end up here because he wanted to go somewhere and get all the carry or get a predominant amount of the carries. A team that can no longer stack the box against Leonard Fournette. He's seen, he's seen stack boxes year after year so far in Jacksonville. So for me, this is a pretty good spot. I know Bruce Arians came out and said that Rojo is the guy, but I mean, Ron Jones just is not a dynamic running back. I mean, we're not talking about Leonard Fournette being the best running back in the league. He's a north-south one-cut runner out here. He can catch a little, couple footballs out of the backfield to help Tom Brady. But I think this is the best-case scenario for Leonard Fournette if you're an owner. When he got cut by Jacksonville, you're most likely freaking out, going, okay, that was my number two running back. What am I going to do? Best-case scenario goes to Tampa Bay on a team that now will have the middle of the field open up because you have O.J. Howard and Rob Gronkowski, so you got to respect that. And then you put Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on the outside. This is going to be really good for Leonard Fournette. It's just going to come down to how many carries he's going to get. Is it going to be LaShawn McCoy used strictly in the passing game? How much is Ronald Jones going to be involved? Do they look to trade Ronald Jones? Uh, it's, it's all a question mark. They might make Ronald Jones a starter week one, but I do look for Leonard Fournette to be the starter and the, and the bell cow back here right out the gate starting week two. They're giving him $2 million with $3.5 million incentives, so he can almost get all that money back that he originally had. So look for him on his one-year deal to try and prove that he could be a starter elsewhere where he'll most likely probably be uh, one of those, you know, dual running back situations. Because Leonard Fournette is, he's a good running back. He's just not a great running back who's going to re rely on a heavy amount of carries. And he should get that in Tampa Bay, who should make a Super Bowl run. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I 
I've heard some of the Rojo truthers still kind of touting him and that Fournette's not going to get as much as we think. But yeah, and obviously the Arians coach speak about how Rojo's still the guy. Uh, I've been on the anti-Rojo bandwagon, I think, along with you guys over there for a while. And uh, I just, I don't see it. I think Fournette, any, any, he'll lose some volume because he's not the only guy. But I think he'll make up for that in efficiency because of what you said. All the other weapons around him, no one's going to be concentrating their game plan on Leonard Fournette. Uh, Dustin, what do you think? Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I, I'm not worried about Fournette's long-term prospects for the season. I think, like what Rich said, you know, week one we'll probably see Rojo, and then we'll see Fournette sprinkled in a little bit here. But like, he's just. He's talented and he fits what that team wants to do and they want to go win. And Rojo's not that guy. So I think that by the end of the season, it's going to be mostly, you know, I see Fortnite probably getting around 65%, 60, 65% of the carries, you know, later in the season. Um, I'm not like I, and I talked about this on one of our early episodes, like all the teams this year are going to have three or four running backs that they're going to be playing in there just because of the COVID concerns and um, bringing guys on slow because of not having that, that preseason. So it made smart. It was made sense for Tampa Bay to go do it, but you know, he's just the most talented back on the team and I'm not really worried about anybody else. So, you know, if you got somebody that's, I know some people are, are panicking because of all the coach speak and I've seen, I've seen him traded for some seconds, like mid to late seconds this week, um, spe specifically today with just all the coach speak, like I'd be buying Fournette all day there and just writing him um, on my team. I don't know what it's going to look like long-term after the season, but I love Fournette for this year. Still, that hasn't really changed for me. And uh, do, Rich, do you think this kind of puts the nail in the coffin for, for Rojo as a, a viable fantasy guy going forward? I mean, I've been saying basically since he came into the league, they're, they're, they're doing everything they can to show us they don't believe in him. They give Peyton Barber a ton of carries year one. They split it pretty evenly with Peyton Barber year two. They bring in Keyshawn Vaughn in the draft. They bring in McCoy. They bring in Fournette. I mean, it seems to me, even if Fournette leaves after a year, this the last two coaching staffs really don't want to make Rojo, quote unquote, the guy. Yeah, I don't know. I put the nail in Rojo's coffin after I got done watching <laughs> his college tape. So this is somebody where everybody else had him in the first round of their rookie draft. And I was preaching on the Dynasty Nerds podcast. This is absolutely not somebody that you want to draft in the first round. He's very limited in the, in the passing game. Uh, you know, he, he's very easy to take down as well, uh, for a running back. So to me, he's just, he's somebody who's viable for an NFL team. He's just not a viable fantasy football running back. There's tons of players out there that play in the NFL on offenses that are viable NFL players. They're just not fantasy football players. If you rely on Ronald Jones to win fantasy football games, your team is not going to go very far in your dynasty league. So it's as simple as that. I mean, you're, he's not the player you want to build around. He had it. You had your window to sell Ronald Jones and you missed it. I had think there's no value in him whatsoever. There's a, there's literally 20 other Ronald Jones out there right now. You could roster that you could probably even get for cheaper than Ronald Jones. So yeah, like you said, Tampa Bay has done everything they can to say Ronald Jones is not the guy up to this point. You know, they draft Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round. Does that say they believe in Ronald Jones? Absolutely not. They signed LaShawn McCoy. Does that say they can believe in Ronald Jones and his pass catching ability? Of course it doesn't because he can't do it. And that's why they bring in LaShawn McCoy in the first place. Put a nail on him. He's done. Almost no value. I mean, he's a, he's a bi-week filler at best. Dustin, is is this the perfect guest for 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 my pod here? What oh do you yeah, think? I mean, 
you've been on that never rojo for a while and i, I saw you, you getting in a debate with with one of our, our buddies today so it's gonna be really interesting when he listens back to this pod but no rojo is just just going to be a depth piece for for rosters like he's never going to be the guy and i don't think he was ever going to be the guy i'm right there with rich and then the other uh, news news note here was just the uh, that Mixon did sign an extension after his so-called migraines. And uh, Dustin, I want to throw this to you first because I know we're going to talk about this a little more later too, but the whole second contract thing is are you looking at this more as an opportunity to sell or does this make you more confident in owning Mixon? It makes me more confident in owning Mixon. But I talked about Mixon a, a, probably about a month, month and a half ago and you know, he was asking to be paid like a top eight running back. Like he, he's not out there trying to be the top paid running back. Like he wants to make it work and wants to be on that team. And I think that offense is going to be really exciting. So I love Mixon just in general, but seeing him locked up, he's still, you know, I I'm, I'm buying Mixon. I'm not using this as an opportunity to sell. Like I do want to sell running backs going in their second contract, but if they get that second contract, then I, you know, then, then I'm more good. comfortable with them. Um, I just don't want to like take on some of that risk if I can still get the value with them before the, any holdouts happen. But no, I'm I'm buying Mixon. I'm not using this as an opportunity to sell him. Um, it's really interesting to see this um, because now Kamara is close to a deal. We'll have to see if the dominoes fall with Dalvin Cook. But you know, if if all these running backs going in the second year sign right now, the the free agent class that we were looking to be hyped for next year might not happen. So that'll be really interesting dynamic to see how that changes things. And Rich, I know uh, you and Garrett have had some interesting conversations on Mixon. What are your thoughts now that he signed the extension? Yeah, I mean, it's great for Mixon. You get some security there. Uh, I'm riding him for two more years if I own him, and then I'm going to sell after the 2021 season where Value should probably be pretty peak. Should be right around 26 years old, um, 27 years old, uh, getting ready to go into that third contract, which you never really want to get to as a running back. The Bengals' offense should be in about two years at really peak level or entering peak level with Joe Burrow there. I think it's a huge boost for him, but I just think the return you'll be able to get on Joe. I'm a constant running back seller in Dynasty. It doesn't matter pretty much who it is. Um, I'm going to sell after that second. Con- if, if it's a really good running back, and I can get to a second contract and hold them. I'm going to sell two years into that contract. It's usually the best time to sell. You're going to get an optimal return and your return should be better long-term than what you have in the first place. So a guy like Joe Mixon, if he's running back four overall, if he has Zeke Elliott value going in two years from now, you're going to be able to get a massive return. That's young running backs and return draft picks and receivers. I'm going to take that all day. Yeah. And then yeah, make- if, he, if- if he is up in the top five running backs this year, I'll probably sell him this off season, this next off season. Like, you know, I'm right there with you. I'm always trying to turn over that position. And if he's, if I can get top four or five value for him, I'm going to be selling him as well. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, for a running back, I guess the best way to say it would be they're always on the block. Like I wouldn't just go out there and just sell Joe Mixon just to sell him after this year. If he's top five, I would, if I can get recoup that, Top because usually here's the thing when you have a top five back, you don't get a top five return, you get an overpay, right? Like, if you want a top five back, you got to overpay for that guy, and you got to know that you're going to go into it overpaying because those guys are hard to come by. So, if I can get an overpay, yeah, I'm taking it. I think the only running back I wouldn't pro no, there's no running back I wouldn't sell for an overpay, absolutely none. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think we're going to get probably peak mix in these next couple years. Uh, he's he's been good, but we keep waiting for that real big time bust out kind of Dalvin Cook of last year's season. I think that may be coming this year. So we'll move on to our fantasy face off now. Fantasy face off. This week we're having sort of a running back theme. This week, so we went with two running backs in the fantasy face off. Uh, James Connor versus Devin Singletary. They're very close in ADP and DLF eight Superflex ADP RB twenty six and twenty seven. Uh, 79.86 overall, uh, but the poll came out way in favor of Connor, which I don't necessarily disagree with, but was a little surprised by. Uh, we got almost 1,400 votes. 73% went Connor. 20 only 27% went Singletary. I, th- I thought there were more, some more Singletary believers out there, and, and Connor seemed to have kind of a value drop earlier in the off season, but seems to be picking back up probably because people realize he's going to start start scoring points. Uh, Dustin, is Connor your guy here? They're prob- they're really close for me. I like Connor better this year, but I still don't know what his long term prospects look like. Like, I hate to use the that he's injury prone, but like he hasn't really been on the field. Like, and when he is, he's good. He was really good that year that he took over for Bell, but like he hasn't really done much since. And I still I still like Singletary, and I think that he could be the guy there. I'm not that worried about Zach Moss. Like every team has two running backs that they use. And so I'm not too worried about Singletary. And I know there was some talks that he was fumbling in, in the preseason. Like that's normal. Like he'll, I think he'll get that, that taken care of. So long-term I still like Singletary better, but this year I can see Connor. And I think that's probably what this poll was, was a little bit more recency bias. Like there's been some buzz about Connor and there's been some negativity about, about Singletary and they drafted Moss and none of that happened in Pittsburgh. And people are buying that Big Ben is back, so that offense is back. So there's just more positive narratives around Connor. So I could see why the poll was that way. But long term, I still think I want Singletary just because I don't know that I can trust Connor. And I don't know what he where he's gonna be or what a situation is gonna be like going into next year. So just just to clarify, the way the poll was worded was just who would you rather own? It didn't say in 2020 or long term. So if you would rather have Singletary than Connor? I, I would, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I am on the Connor, but I, I do agree with you that I don't know how much value Connor has beyond this year. Um, he, he's coming up for a contract, and he probably won't be back in Pittsburgh. Um, who knows? But uh, he's definitely produced uh, at an RB one, high RB two level when he's on the field. And I don't know that you're ever going to get that from Singletary. Uh, it seems he's destined to be in a, a best 50-50 timeshare his whole career. So we're probably looking RB2 ceiling max. And 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 Moss has some pass catching ability as well. So he could even uh, cut into Singletary's work there. Rich, uh, which of these two guys do you prefer? Yeah, Moss 100% cut into Singletary's pass catching ability just because he showed a little bit down the stretch in that playoffs. I'll take James Conner here by a very large margin. Uh, I don't want nothing to do with Devin Singletary. If I had Devin Singletary, I'd sell him for anything that I can get whatsoever and be happy <laughs> to get it. Uh, you know, and yeah, what what are James Conner's long term, you know, re- rewards or what can I get for him? I'm not worried about that because who I don't want either running back long term, no matter what, right? So who's who can I get the most for sooner? Uh, James Conner is going to be the workhorse back in there in Pittsburgh. They have nobody else behind them. You know, Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, Anthony McFarlane, who I do like, but 
James Conner is going to be the workhorse back with Big Ben, which means they're going to open up that offense. He's going to get some dump-off catches. they got tons of wide receivers. You're going to have to respect that. So James Conner is going to get a lot of run and probably look pretty good doing it. So if you're looking to sell a running back when somebody else's running back gets hurt, you're going to get more for James Conner week four, week five, week six pretty easily. I think there's no way Devin Singletary could beat out Zach Moss. I mean, Devin Singletary can beat out a dinosaur named Frank Gore. So that's a little ridiculous to even think he could do that. And he does have some fumbling issues. Zach Moss is just too talented, uh, way more talented than Devin Singletary. He's a bigger, stronger Devin Singletary. You're talking about Zach Moss out of Utah, who's Utah's all-time leading rusher. He's really good in pass protection. The guy missed, forced 89 missed tackles in college has a great spin move after 4.5 yards after contact. These are all things that he does better than Devin Singletary. So Devin Singletary to me is just a nice back that is a complimentary back, right? He's never going to be anything worthwhile unless somebody gets hurt. But even when somebody gets hurt, they'll probably have another option there to roll with him. Devin Singletary to me, he's, he's just an average running back. Doesn't do it. He catches the ball okay, but he doesn't catch the boss ball as good as Zach Moss. All reports out of camp right now are Zach Moss looks really good too. So for me, I'm just looking at these two is who can I get the most for as soon as possible before that drill, that well completely dries up. And right now that Devin Singletary well looks pretty dry as it is. And I can still get some water out of that James Conner well. So I'm going to go with James Conner here by an absolute landslide in my eyes. So Rich is absolutely right. Dustin is absolutely wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I also, we threw out on Twitter just for some questions for the pod. And one guy actually asked about Devin Singletary uh, at Dynasty Reaper uh, on a contending team. What do you do with him? Obviously, it sounds like, Rich, you're selling him. What what do you think you can get for him? Uh, 21 second. Okay. And I'm happy with that. I think 21 class is going to be extremely deep. We're probably going to... More kids come out than you we normally see uh, with all the question marks. So I'm more than happy to get a second round pick for him because I can get a. I probably whatever player I draft in the second round, uh, I'd be I'd probably rather own than Devin Singletary. I mean, if you could probably compare probably depth wise the 21 class pretty equal to this 2020 class, and there's you could take nine players in the top of that second round of this 20 class that you'd probably rather have Devin Singletary easily, like without even a question mark on there. And then as it gets a little deeper, you, there'll probably be more pl- players on there. I mean, I'd rather roll the guy like DJ Dallas and his upside than a guy like Devin Singletary. So for me, I, I would take a 21 second, and that should be pretty easy to get. You might be able to get like a 21 second or more. If not, if I'm going straight up, I'm trying to get like a Jarek McKinnon uh, for him straight up. That's another option I'd rather go. Because you might even I- be able to get McKinnon plus, I think. Yeah, I think so too. So like if I get 20 if I get a 21 third and McKinnon for Devin Singletary, which is probably pretty possible, I would be ecstatic with that cuz I think Jarek McKinnon outscores Devin Singletary probably about about 50 fantasy points this year. If not more. Right. I I can definitely see that as well. So, we'll move on now to our commissioner corner. Commissioner corner. Um and this week keeping with the running back theme, I uh, wanted to get your guys' thoughts on point-per-carry leagues. I'm in a few of these. I kind of think uh, points-per-carry as a setting, I, I don't really love it. I don't know that it's necessary. We, as a community, tend to value, overvalue running backs as it is. We, you know, the, the top like, five or six guys in startups now are running backs. I don't really think we need to be, especially in some leagues I'm in, it's 0.25 per carry. That just, that puts them so far through the roof, it's kind of ridiculous. Dustin, what do you think? Yeah, I I don't know how I feel about 
points per carry leagues. Like you're right. Like running backs right now are really overvalued and everyone's buying running backs. Nobody's really selling them and adding that carry that points per carry onto it just makes them that harder to get. And they don't really need that additional value. Um, I started seeing them come around when wide receivers were taking over and, and people were doing the zero RB and they, they came with points per carry to kind of balance that out. But I don't know that it's necessary. I just think it's a way to add more points to the lineup. Like it got to the point where we're just finding new ways to add points to the lineup. Like we're, seeing 2.0 tight end premium in the leagues now more prominent we're seeing like just all a point point two five point per carry leagues but i don't think it's necessary but it doesn't bother me having them in there like you know like those guys that get you there's not that many running backs out there that are getting 20 plus carries but it does make it to where you know you have some more flex options with those you know second um you know those third down running backs that will get you know five to 10 carries and a couple catches like it's giving them some flex value. So I do like that aspect of it, but like, it's not necessary. You're, you're right there. And you made a good point. I think, I think it probably uh, gained some popularity back when everyone was drafting wide receivers early and uh, it, it might've been needed to kind of boost them up a little bit when there were more time shares, maybe pre, you know, Gurley having two RB one seasons in McCaffrey and Zeke and all these guys, um, but Rich, are you in any uh, point per carry leagues, and do you like that kind of setting? Uh, I am not in any points per carry leagues, and I'm glad because I think it's pretty silly. <laughs> uh, like, like Dustin said, it's just, it's a completely unnecessary. If you're going to do anything like that, just make it points per first down. Uh, points per carry is just it's. Like you said why you're, you're trying to re-glorify the running back position, which needs nothing at all. I mean, if you're in PPR leagues, you already got people crying like, "Why does a running back get a point per perception too? It doesn't make sense." You know, they already got enough with all the carries, so. To me, a point per carry when tons of carries go for minimal or a loss of yards, it's just it's unnecessary. If you're going to do something, reward them for uh, a first down. So to me, I, I have no – I mean, if you do it, I mean, the, the more dynamic your dynasty league is, you know, power to you. But if that was voted in my league, I would, I would be a hard no on the points per carry. That's a really good point on like a, a carry going for a loss, but they're still getting some sort of points for it. Like that's a, that's a point I hadn't really thought about on it, but yeah. Um, you know, you, you see a running back is going to get a, a loss of 10 yards. They're still going to have positive points from that carry. Yeah. So we're all pretty much in agreement on it. And I do like Rich's point too. I like, and you know, Scott fish has incorporated this into the Scott fishbowl. The point per first down is probably a more worthy, you know, running back setting to add on there if you're going to do anything rather than than just points per carry. Uh, so we'll move on to the dynasty strategy portion of the show. Dynasty strategy. Again, running backs this week. And we're going to go with a similar questions to what we went with last week with the uh, looking at guys at their ADP now and who may drop and who may rise uh, going into next season. So uh, we put out there for, for Rich, me and Dustin, uh, the current uh, – Top 12 running backs who uh, in, in, in Superflex ADP, August Superflex ADP, what guys who are being drafted, uh, not currently being drafted as an RB1, who will be drafted as one next offseason? And Dustin, why don't you give yours first? So I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift. Um, I'm not really worried about carry-on, and I just think that he's so talented. Like He was everyone's running back one before the draft happened. And, you know, carry on is just, I, 
I like carry on from a talent aspect, but he doesn't seem like he really cares to play. Like he keeps talking about how he's not a, you know, a three down back that Swift does things that he can't do. So I, I think uh, sooner rather than later, we're going to see Swift take over that backfield and carry on seems fine with that. And carry on is a good guy that can come in and spell, but I think that Swift is just super talented and I like that offense. So I think he's going to start producing towards the middle half of the year, towards the end of the year, and that he will jump up into that, you know, that top 12 running backs next year um, with a huge second half performance. Yeah, I'm 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 a pretty big Swift fan. I think he takes uh takes a lot more of the workload from Carry On. And uh, just to clarify for the audience, um, I you know who the high end guys are, but just exactly who are the top twelve in ADP right now? It's CMC, Saquon, Kamara, Zeke, Ceh, Miles Sanders, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Derek Henry, Mixon, Chubb, and Jacobs. So that's who we're saying who's going to come into that group next year. And I think it's pretty hard um, to pick with all, who's already in there. Pretty hard to come up with a guy who isn't a rookie when you look at some of the ones below. But uh, Rich did have one who's not non-rookie and a rookie. Um, so why don't you uh, say who who you picked, Rich? Uh, which one you want, the non-rookie or the rookie? Uh, both the running back ones. Yeah, I get whichever you do both of them. Talk about uh, both. Austin Eckler. I think I think it's a shame he's not in that conversation right now. Uh, I mean, look what he's done. He was running back three overall last year. That was split in time with Melvin Gordon as well. And I know people will say, well, he's not as dynamic in the running game as he is in the passing game. And some people might worry about those passing, but he's a scheme-oriented player that's dynamic with the football in his hands. He, he's proven he's running back one. Even we go back a couple of years ago, up until he got hurt, up till about week eight, him and Melvin Gordon were both on the field at the same time. Austin Eckler with Melvin Gordon two years ago as the man – was still a running back one right around running back eight go up until he got hurt. He continually proves that he can put up these numbers when he's on the field. And now he just signed a big time deal to be the man and be the guy in the field. So does he have to be the most dynamic runner between the tackles? No, but when you play in a PPR league, a guy of his caliber will continually year in and year out, be a running back one. So I love Austin Eckler to pick up right where he left off for at least minimum two more years of being a running back one. And those guys are hard to come by. And I'm not talking about running back like 11, 12. I'm talking about like running back eight, six, seven, right around there. The guy can come in here and catch, you know, 75, 80 footballs and, you know, 750 to 900 yards like he did last time. Those numbers alone at the running back position will make you a running back one. So anything he gets on the ground to me is just bonus. Uh, he's going to get some carries. I know they bring Josh Kelly in there and Josh Kelly's a fine looking running back too. But again, they paid Austin Eckler to be the guy. And we don't know for sure what he could do throughout a whole year in between the tackles because he hasn't been getting inevitability uh, or even opportunity. So like people are like, well, Tyrod Taylor's not, he's he's not Phillip Rivers. You're not going to dump it off. Like the, he's going to be schemed. I mean, has anybody even watched Hard Knocks even this season? They they know they, the, the reason Austin Eckler got his job was his ability in the passing game. They didn't pay him because he's so dynamic between the tackles. They paid him for how electric he is with the ball in his hands and how well he catches the football. So they're going to scheme for him to get the ball in his hands and catch footballs, which is all going to translate to fantasy football numbers. These are the kind of, I mean, are we looking at Alvin Kamara as the most dynamic in between the tackles runner? No, but everybody still wants to have him as their number four overall runner, runner but they're not giving the same respect to Austin Eckler, which I just don't understand. So to me, Austin Eckler, it's a shame he's not even in that top 12 right now. And I think, and I hope, 
people come to their reality next year and they do have them in that top 12. Because if you guys meet right now, who's going to put more, more fancy points up in a PPR league, Nick Chubb or Austin Eckler, it's probably going to be Austin Eckler, but you mentioned Nick Chubb's name ahead of him is a dynasty PPR value. So to me, it's Austin Eckler and it should be this year as well. So not, let alone the future. Right. And I think that's a, a great point that I mean, I don't, I'm a little surprised he's not uh, higher up now. I mean, Gordon is not, you know, Gordon is gone and he's going to see probably more of the rushing work. Like you said, even with Kelly and Justin Jackson there, they are not Melvin Gordon. So even if he takes a little bit of a drop off in the receiving game, uh, I expect a little bit of a tick up in the, in the running game. And even Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon offense. I mean, he, he produced year in and year out and Melvin Gordon's the, like one of the least dynamic running backs with the ball in his hands in the NFL, right? Like his yards per carry is, aren't, is not great whatsoever. He'd be viable in a pass game that stepped him up to be that top six guy. So in this offense, even Melvin Gordon, who he's replacing, you can argue Austin Eckler's way more dynamic than Melvin Gordon. So yeah, I love him, man. Yeah, I also agree that they're gonna gonna scheme for him. They signed him to a, a decent contract for a running back nowadays, especially if you're not one of those, you know, mixing McCaffrey guys. And uh, I guess the only knock against him would be people are concerned about the offense, not just the quarterbacks, but just how good the offense will be in general. Um, I guess that's the only reason. I mean, but like you said, if 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 Herbert's the real deal, I mean, he could put up Kamara like numbers. And uh, I'll get it. I'm sorry, did you have something else you wanted to say? I don't think you might. Have... Oh no! So even okay. if Herbert is like Herbert doesn't have to be the real deal. I mean, a, a rookie's best friend is going to be the tight end, the running back to dump the ball off to. So you hope Herbert gets in there and he, he you know, he's checking down real quick because he doesn't know what's going on. The Austin Eckler, and he knows he has that safety net and somebody like him. So same thing with Tyrod. I, not worried, guys. Not worried in the least bit about Austin Eckler. Anybody that is, I, I'm buying Austin Eckler all day, every day everywhere i can't get enough shares of him i think he's the one of the best like i think i always say it you know sometimes an o like an overpay or like an underpay today could be way better down the road so a guy like austin eckler i have no problem paying you know a first and a second for or a first i'll give some of my entire draft class if that's what it took for austin eckler if i could pay just draft capital for a guy like austin eckler a true running back one i'm doing it all day I love hearing that. I have quite a few shares, including he's my RB1 on my Scott Fishbowl team. So <laughs> I like hearing that. Um, and I'll go with uh, the other guy I mentioned that you had down uh, was another rookie, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, he's just sort of in the perfect uh, setup for him, uh, similar to what he had uh, at Ohio State, similar scheme. He's got the the, the Russian quarterback to help, uh, you know, take help take away some of the pressure and uh, I'm Mark Ingram is 30 years old. Do I think Mark Ingram probably starts the year uh, getting more of the carries? Yes. But uh, J.K. Dobbins is too talented to not eventually take over that role. And I think by the end of the year, as he's busting out some big games, uh, his ADP will definitely soar into this top 12. Is, is that basically what your thoughts were in putting him down, Rich? Oh, 100%. He's another guy I think is going to be a running back one. And it might not start off early, kind of just like Alvin Kamara then stop, start off early. To, it's about week four, his rookie year. It's going to be the same thing with J.K. Dobbins. Jim Harbaugh is already coming out saying it doesn't matter how good Mark Ingram is, we're going to get J.K. Dobbins on the field. They invested that second-round pick into him for a reason. He fits this scheme absolutely perfectly. Um, I, I already regret taking Jonathan Taylor ahead of him in some leagues because I think he's that dynamic. I think he fits this system and this scheme 
absolutely perfect. This RPO uh, offense are going to run a, a team that runs the ball more than any other team in the NFL with his catching ability. And what they're going to open up with Mark Andrews there as well. And just having Lamar Jackson on there. I think he's absolutely going to be a running back one, a consistent 1200 yard rusher that catches about 60 footballs per year. Who's a running back one for the next three years. I love JK Dobbins and you can, you can make a legit argument. He offers more upside in PPR leagues than a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who does not catch the ball well at all. Do you worry that they don't throw the ball that much to the running backs, though, in uh, with Lamar, that it is? Uh, what, Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, you, you can't worry about, like, people are so dead set about the past. You know, we're going to talk about some of this about, like, the change to running backs now. Like, before I used to be, you know, you get – you got to go with the ebbs and flows and go with changes, not only in fantasy football with the NFL as well. Like everybody's going to 12 personnel now, which we're seeing a great value in tight ends, right? So we're seeing upticks there and we're seeing more tight end ones. So when you have a pass catcher running back that catches the ball, well, you're going to throw the football to him. I mean, there's no other big dynamic receivers out there in, in Baltimore anyways, too. You got Marquise Brown. He's a first round pick, but he, he, he he's more to stretch the field kind of guy. Uh, and Miles Boykin's a nice receiver out of Notre Dame, but I think you, I think you have to throw the ball to J.K. Dobbins. So, and definitely if you want to protect, you want to protect Lamar Jackson a little bit more, which you're going to want to do in Baltimore if you want to sign this big mega deal long term. You're going to have to find ways for him to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Again, that's going to translate throwing to Mark Andrews, throwing to guys like J.K. Dobbins, maybe you know Marquise Brown, get him some more quick slants in the flats as well. So. To me, I do think he's going to catch the football because he is really good at catching the football. And to your point, not that I'm not that I'm comparing him to Christian McCaffrey, but everyone said Cam Newton never threw to the running back until, and then Christian McCaffrey got there, and Cam Newton threw to the running back. Uh, Dustin, any thoughts on on Dobbins before we move on to the next question? No, I love Dobbins. Um, I've been trying to buy him, and I just haven't. I don't have any shares, and nobody's selling him because I think everybody kind of agrees that you know he's the next guy that's going to jump into that top 12. If I could get my hands on him, I would love him because I think his potential in that offense is, is just amazing. It's fantastic. Okay. So we'll move on to the next question. Just like last week, it's basically the opposite of the one I just asked, which is who is the running back who's currently being drafted as an RB one that will fall out next off season. So that list of 12 guys I gave earlier and uh, Dustin, we'll uh, start with you again. Who's your guy? So I think it's Nick Chubb, and I. So I'll preface this: I love Nick Chubb as a as a runner. I just don't know. I I really do think that Hunt is going to be more involved in that offense, and and Rich might be able to talk a little bit more about this, you know, um, being a Browns fan. But I think I I love the talent of Chubb. I just don't know how much hunt is going to carry into uh, cut into his workload we saw it at the second half of the year and right now he's being drafted as is running back 11 so he's right on that cusp and i just i think like you know there's a chance eckler and dobbins and those types are right there so i'm i i unfortunately i think it's going to be chubb that is going to be right on the outside looking in um at running back one next year what do you think rich yeah i agree so i'm gonna agree with you and then i'm gonna uh counterpoint that too though I agree with you that I think he will fall out of the top 12 of running backs because of Kareem Hunt. But then I think it's going to be a great buying opportunity for Nick Chubb because then Kareem Hunt's going to leave in free agency, and then Nick Chubb's going to get all those carries and those pass-catching abilities. Because when it comes to true talent, Nick Chubb's one of the most talented running backs in the NFL today. But you're right. Kareem Hunt's going to vulture some of that, you know, some of those fantasy points. I mean, he did it last year. Once 
Kareem Hunt came into it. I mean, Nick Chubb averaged like almost five points less per game. So for me, I do agree 100%. I think Nick Chubb falls out of the top 12 this year, but then it's going to be a hard push to go by Nick Chubb because he's going to bounce right back in into the 21 season and, and hopefully gets a contract extension with the Browns. Uh, if not, I, he's going to fit any scheme anywhere. So I think he will bounce back in because he showed us last year. I was a little bit worried about his pass catching ability, but he did show that he's very, very viable and capable in, in the pass catching game. If nobody saw it last year, I mean, he had one catch in the end zone. It was a one-handed catch, kind of like uh, the David Tyree Super Bowl catch, you know, catching the ball against the helmet of another player with his arm over the player. So, Nick Chubb is definitely viable in the passing game, but I do think he falls out this year and it's going to be a great buying opportunity in dynasty leagues. And I agree with everything you two just said. So I'm not going to chime in too much just to agree with rich that, that Chubb, yeah, maybe one of the best pure rushers in the league. And, but he is, he's at 11 now. So it's easy to see him falling out after a little bit of maybe a, a down season because of, of the, the split there with hunt so uh me and rich actually have the same guy that we think is going to fall out uh i think rich is a better talker than me so i'll, I'll let him go on to why why derrick henry is the guy that's going to fall out of the top 12 yeah derrick henry's out of top 12 for me he's just not viable in the passing game at all i mean look what he took to be a running back one last year most carries the nfl uh had to rush for the most yards in the NFL. And that was what good for running back seven overall to me. It's just, it just, maybe he's a running back one again this year. Maybe if it is, I think it's going to be borderline running back 11 quarterback 12. It's just hard to be a year in year out running back one. If you're not viable in the passing game and you can't bring any PPR value, you're just going to pass up. I mean, it, you can a guy like Chris Thompson this year who, if he can stay healthy, which he's probably not going to do, the Jacksonville Jaguars team is atrocious. They're going to be trailing behind every single game, dumping off passes to guys like Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson, if he stays healthy and catch 75, 80 footballs and potentially sneak into there and be a running back one. When you when you catch those 75, 80 footballs and you catch 800 yards, now all of a sudden you have just as many fancy points as a guy like Derrick Henry. So it's going to come down to touchdowns. Derrick Henry is going to need to score a lot of touchdowns to keep that running back volume going on there. And you can't expect about Derrick Henry to lead their league in rushing year in and year out. So to me, it's just and look at like everybody loves Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry, yes, was he fantastic this year? Absolutely. And besides that, he was he was good in the playoffs the year before that. But the other three and three quarters of his career, he was not good whatsoever. Nobody started him on their rosters. So you're talking a true hashtag two to three year window kind of runner. And those are the kind of runners that you need to sell. If I had Derrick Henry, I am selling him today as quick as I can because you can get such a return. This is absolute peak value and peak value because he led the league in rushing. And again, where'd he finish, guys? He was running back number seven overall. That's you can find running backs. Okay, no. Let me take a step back. Running back seven is really, really good. So I'm not going to demean that. You're a running back one mid-range. But again, that's not long-term success. Like again, I would much rather have Austin Eckler than Derrick Henry. And you can easily get Austin Eckler plus right now for a guy like Derrick Henry. You can almost get anybody plus for a guy like Derrick Henry right now. I am moving him for a some of these rookies. Can I get J.K. Dobbins? Can I get DeAndre Swift? Can I get? I would love to get Jonathan Taylor. Uh, for for a guy like Derrick Henry, to me, he's just he's not long term success. He's not Adrian Peterson. 
basically. A very good NFL player, a very talented running back for sure. But when it comes to fantasy football, uh, I'm not overly in love with him. And again, a lot of those yards came back. I mean, he had multiple games under 100 yards rushing. He got all those yards last year. He had about five games where he rushed for like 160 yards and above. And at the end of the year, they were really focused on making him the, the NFL leader rusher. That's why he had those 220 yards rushing games because they wanted him to be the man at the end of the year and have that have that championship or uh, league rushing championship. So to me, he's easily the one I pick out of here not to be a running back one next year. And just to add to all the, the good points you made there, uh, which I pretty much agree with since I also chose him, um, is, yeah, the, they're going to be also probably be a less efficient offense. I think I saw that they, uh, they finished off the highest percentage of drives uh, in touchdowns last year, which obviously helped him score some touchdowns and, uh, and had like the fewest field goals on ending their drives. And then also he's going to be 27 next year, which just that alone, a 27-year-old running back is going to knock down his volume almost regardless of what he does this year. Yeah, it happens when you're a turd for the first three years of your, uh, <laughs> in the league. You know, you get older quickly. And you got to remember, too, a lot of his success came from running to the right side of that line. And they lost Jack, Jack Conklin this year to the Cleveland Browns. So the, you know, the offensive line, you could argue, is worse this year than they were last year, too. So, yeah, look for a little bit of regression there. I doesn't again. I don't think Derrick Henry is going to be a bad running back. I just think he's going to be a running back too. And again, right now you can sell him for high end running back one value, probably even more worth uh, than he like way more worth what he's worth. Like yeah, sell right. Hard. And if that happens at twenty six, your value is going down in dynasty. And that's the thing, guys, because even if you sell him, like even if you sell him and he's still a running back one, you're still getting running back one value. So you still don't even lose the trade. So it's not like like. You're not even moving him for like, oh, I'm worried he's not going to do anything. So you can't be like, oh, man, he was a running back one again this year. It's like, well, you got running back one value in return, so you're not losing right. the trade. But come 2022, I guarantee you're going to be very happy you moved on from that trade. Yeah, when you're starting an Eckler or another high-end wide receiver that you traded him for or something like that. So uh, we'll get on to a few of the other topics we have here before moving on to find me a trade and some I didn't take down the name. I apologize. Whoever I thought was at this one was actually at FF Trader Joe. Um, thoughts on how the on the New England backfield uh, this year, which looks just like a big giant mess. Uh, Dustin, you want to chime in first on that New England backfield? The only uh, guy I want from the New England backfield is James White, and he's super cheap. I just you know, we know that Cam now can throw to the running back. We've seen that with Christian McCaffrey. And I, th I think James White is going to be his his guy. And like Rich said, like, you want those pass-catching running backs. And, you know, I, I'm not worried about Sony. Like, I was interested in Damien Harris, but now he's hurt and it's going to miss potentially a couple of weeks. And we just never know how that with – with him and Sony is going to shake out. So the only guy that I'm really interested in is, is James White, and he's probably the cheapest, like nobody's talking about right now. Um, so that that's who I want. I don't outside of Edelman and Harry, they don't really have any receivers either. So I think you know James White's going to continue to get work, and he's the only one I want. Rich, any thoughts on Sony? I know uh, you were a big fan of Sony coming out, and, and it hasn't panned out too well. Do you think there's any life there still? Yeah, I, I sure hope so, guys. Probably not. Uh, I still think he's a viable runner. He showed that in the playoffs when he rushed, you know, over over 300 yards just a couple of years ago. Um, it just it's one of those players that I absolutely loved his tape coming out, and 
you know, obviously the, the, the league did too because he was a first-round pick at the running back position. It's just, you know, injuries, knees. You never know what's going to happen with injuries, and it kind of took away some of that explosiveness and dynamic uh, aspect of his game, and it kind of hurt him. But, again, I think you're talking about James White's super cheap – all those guys are super cheap, and you're right. James White's definitely the guy to own there. He's shown he can put up running back one numbers before, even though he's in the last year of his deal. I still, um, I'm still a believer in Sony, and I'm looking for him to produce with volume, and hopefully Cam Newton can help that and open some things up for him. This is a team that's going to have to run the ball a ton. So James White, Sony, yeah, Damian Harris is he's an he's an okay guy. You know, he's not bad, but I think this is still. A Sony Michelle. He's finally he's healthy now. He's at camp. I think Sony Michelle could definitely be an 1100, 1200 yard rusher in this offense if he if they do give him the carries, which they're going to have to do this year. So to me, it's Sony Michelle. Obviously, the highest upside guy is going to be James White. Yeah, and I've always thought it's funny. I've said this before, too. I mean, maybe it has to do with the knees and the injuries, but just that Sony coming out was a guy that I, we all thought was pretty good at catching the ball and he, he landed on it i guess it's, maybe it's just because he landed on a team with james white he's he's never really got to do that in new england um but yeah we'll see how it shakes out and maybe i still think like you said i think he can be an rb2 on volume possibly this year and he's probably going at a price lower than that so i don't hate it if you can get him cheap um but james white probably might be the best buy in ppr so uh we'll move on to the next one which was uh Wanted to get your th guys' thoughts on Kenyon Drake because he's kind of polarizing. A lot of people love him. Other people are just like, you know, whatever. So, uh, Rich, do you see a good season uh, for Kenyon Drake this year? And does he have much value beyond 2020? Yeah, he's just still he's still young enough to have value beyond 2020. I mean, he showed there in the Arizona offense. He fits that scheme very well. He's, a, he's an absolutely terrific pass catcher running back. That's what, when he came out, we thought his bread and butter was – in that Miami offense, his pass catching ability. This is somebody who on the Dynasty Nerds podcast, we were calling Kenyon Drake a buy, even in Miami, just because we liked his pass catching ability. And we just kept saying, if this guy just gets an opportunity, he could be a solid runner in this league. He gets straight to Arizona. He showed us exactly what we were talking about on the Dynasty Nerds podcast of what he can do. This widespread offense in Arizona with Cliff Klingsbury opens everything up for him. And with his pass catching ability and a guy who can roll out and his accuracy, a guy like Kyler Murray, you're, you, he's gonna have a great year this year. Very likely to be a running back one, uh, if not a very high end running back two. It's just does he resign in Arizona? And they've already shown that they are interested in resigning him. And I think the best case is some of these other running backs are gonna start signing contracts. Joe Mixon signed his. Dalvin Cook will probably sign a contract. Alvin Kamara is very close by the Saints. I expect that deal will be done by Monday, uh, hopefully. So as more of these free agent running backs come off the clock. You do look for Arizona to re-sign Kenyon Drake. Um, he might be banking on the year he's going to have, but I, I look for Kenyon Drake to have a very good year this year. But again, he needs to stay in Arizona to have that long-term value. So you just got to hope he gets a deal done. But if you own him right now, you're going to ride him uh, all year long, and hopefully you're going to ride him into a championship series game. Uh, Dustin, what do you think on Drake? Yeah, I think his value is tied to him being in Arizona in that offense, just like Rich said. He, if, if he starts off Edmonds, hot, <laughs> no, I do. I know I do. I do love Edmonds and I think that he's going to be more involved than people think, but I think so with, with Drake already being 26 and only being on the transition tag, like if he starts hot, I'm selling him and just to get that value back. Cause I know if he starts off hot with kind of the, 
the way he ended the season and kind of the hype that he's had this offseason, somebody will overpay for him if he's performing at the beginning. And then that's when I want to try to sell him. It'll be hard if I'm a contender, but I just, you know, going into his 20, age 27 season, potent, hopefully being back in Arizona, there's just too much that I, I don't want to, to bank on that, you know, I like him and I think he's going to produce this year and I'm going to use that to sell him. Yeah, my my main worry with him is just his ability to carry. How much of a load can he carry? We haven't really seen him do that before. Uh, he did carry down the stretch last year, but that was after not getting much work early. Um, and not like you, I, I like Edmonds a bit as well. Uh, he may cut in, but uh, maybe, maybe there's enough work to go around. I'm not sure. Um, so I'm a little cooler on him, I think, than, than um, Rich is, but, but I definitely see the opportunity there. Yeah, injuries are a big concern with Kenyon Drake. You know, it, it, they really are. So, uh, if you if you're going to sell them, it all depends on your team structure, right? If you're a championship caliber team, like Justin said, you're just going to go ahead and go for the ship and ride them out because that's the most important thing that any kind of return you can get is the championship. Um, I would at the same point, I'd have no problem whatsoever if I was not selling a championship contender, selling Kenyon Drake after week four, week five, and maybe get a good high twenty one pick and something back in return. Agreed. Makes a lot of sense. And I'm going to do uh, go two more questions here before we go to find me a trade. Uh, one is more of a general strategy question. Um, but the way things are going now, uh, running backs getting drafted so early, uh, like, like we met, referred to earlier, a lot of the top of the first round is running backs at this point. Um, I know you've always been a uh, draft wide receivers early and often, Rich. Are you still doing that, or are you paying up for running backs a little more now, or are you still just looking at it like you said earlier, hashtag two- to three-year window, and I'll, I'll load up on my receivers and I'll beat you that way? Yeah, I, I always like when my first round pick to grab a young receiver. It's just I have moved some of those guys up. Like now, I've never, ever in my rankings ever had a running back one overall, and now I got one, one, and one, two in Saquon and Christian McCaffrey. So it, again, I'm, I'm never going to pigeonhole myself on how I play dynasty fantasy football. I'm always going to go with, you know, what's out there and go with the ebbs and flows of what's going on and where ADP is, where the value is. And right now the value is there's some very, very good running backs that are probably going to be longer than that hashtag two to three year window. Cause I think, I feel like we've made some running backs have kind of blown that up a little bit. So I still want to grab these young receivers where I can get them, but there's, there's still these top end running backs are just too hard to come by. And if you want them, you got to take them in the first, you know, I love value down the road and some other guys can get like later on. Like I, again, I mentioned a guy like Jared McKinnon, who I love, you can get way late in a draft who I think you'll be able to start. But yeah, I mean, I feel like right now in 2020, the, if you took a running back in the first round, there's only a couple of receivers. Well, not even a couple. I mean, you know, Devontae Adams is 28. So that's a problem. Some of these guys who I love for years are starting to get into that back end of the 20s. So they're like, you know, guys like Devontae Adams are 28 years old. Michael Thomas is 27 years old. So these guys are starting to get a li little bit older where back in the day when you had the Julios and AJ Greens and these guys and DeAndre Hopkins, they're 24, 25 years old and they're running their wide receiver one. So that's where the value was because you could look at these guys and be wide receiver ones for the next six years. It's hard to see a running back for six years um, be that running back one. But now the most dynamic re receivers are a little bit older and the most dynamic running backs are all young. So I have no problem taking a guy like Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first round, Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. I would not take Dalvin Cook in the first round. I would not take 
those are probably just about the, the even Alvin Kamara. I'm not taking the first round, but usually I was strictly wide receiver. I'm now I'm okay with going running back. Um, but I do feel like now you do need to get some of these running backs like in the first couple rounds. So you have to like in the four, and I feel like in the top four rounds, you need to come away with two solid running backs because there's also the receiver class is just so much deeper. So there's also tons of value later on the receiving class. You can probably get a guy like Terry McLaurin right around that fifth round. You know, Jarvis Landry straight still great value. And on top of that, all these talented rookies that we saw this year come in at receiver on top of the ones last year, they're going to be pushed back. So I have no problem grabbing these running backs because I know I can get Terry McLaurin. I know I can get CD Lamb. I know I can get Robert Woods. I know I can get value at receiver later where I know I'm not going to get that receiver value or running back value down the road. So it's just kind of like, how do I want to build my overall dynasty structure of a team? You know, I'm not just going to grab wide receivers and then all of a sudden I'm screwed come round six because I have all these young, talented receivers, but I have no running backs to go with them. Again, I'm not trying to have the sexiest roster. I'm trying to have a roster that's talented but can also win me a championship. So I can't do that without good running backs. And the value at good running backs now has moved its way all the way up to the top couple of rounds. So that's the way I have to go as well. Exactly. And that's that's the thing. The way the running backs thin out and the receiver depth that's there. I, I'm totally on board with what you're saying. Uh, even if you're going more win now and you don't get a, a McLaren, you can, like you said, you can still get a Woods. You can get a Lockett later. You can get Thielen if you if you want to try and win year one. There's just so many guys that, that are going later in drafts but that if you pass up uh, the running backs for receivers early, you're just you're not going to get those kind of that kind of quality talent at running back in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. And you just um, need one, I mean, you just grab one of them like in the first round. You just grab that one running back, and you know, in the second round, you're still in position to get a guy like DJ Moore, possibly Chris Godwin, who are only 22, 23 years old, who are now those next guys I expect to be those wide receiver ones for the long term. But you still get that running back one instead of get, get, taking a 27, 28 year old receiver and missing out on that high end running back. Okay. And, and one last question, and then we'll move on to our find me a trade segment, uh, which is uh, at fantasy hockey trades asked us about the 49ers backfield. We, we know uh, jet McKinnon is richest guy. Dustin, what do you think about that 49ers backfield? Yeah, I I'm warming up to the, to McKinnon being the guy or being heavily involved. I still somewhat <laughs> like Kevin Coleman, <laughs> Blowing on the flames. <laughs> um, they just seem like they've carried him through through all his injuries and continue to pay him, and they're paying him a, a decent amount. So I, I think he's going to be a lot more involved than people think. And he like he showed a lot of flashes before his injuries, and I think that Tevin's still going to be involved there. Like I, I. I if you're still holding on to Mostert, like when he signed his contract, you should have sold him because it's going to be McKinnon. And I think Tevin is the number two and Mostert's just going to go back to his, you know, his third down every once in a while carry type role. Um, I'm, I'm warming up a lot to McKinnon and he's probably the cheapest of the three to buy right now, or he, him and Tevin are right there. Um, I, I think in that backfield, I want whoever's the cheapest and right now it's McKinnon, but for a long, it won't be. That's what I was going to say. I, I kind of want them in inverse order of how they're probably being drafted. Because, uh, yeah, early, especially earlier in the offseason, you could get McKinnon in like the 20th plus round. 
um, because people were still leaving him for dead. And uh, I mean, they they reworked his contract to keep him there. Uh, I, I think Mostert's a mirage. He's a 28 year old running back who had a nice end of season and and playoffs. But uh, I don't. They're not going to go with one guy at any point anyway. So you might as well pay for the cheapest guy, which is McKinnon, who also probably has the most PPR upside as the best best pass catcher of the three. Um, any other thoughts, Rich, other than how much you love Jared McKinnon? Of course I do. I got some way more <laughs> thoughts on this for you. Yeah, of course. McKinnon's going to be the pass catcher running back in this offense. He's absolutely dynamic with the ball in his foot, in his hands. He's got elite speed, athleticism. He can make linebackers look absolutely foolish. And you're right, Dustin. This is a guy who they signed in 2008 for $36.9 million dollars. That's how much Kyle Shanahan liked Jarek McKinnon. And Kyle Shanahan, you could argue, is the best run game design designer in the NFL today. His running backs year in, year out, finished in the top eight in receptions and top five in receiving yards for the last three years. This is what he does. And I actually kind of disagree with you guys. I think Raheem Mostert will be the guy uh, as the starter. I think Tevin Coleman's kind of like by the wayside, but Jarek McKinnon's going to be involved. There's a reason they kept him around. They had a complete out from this guy. They can get, completely get rid of him, not pay him a dime, and walk away from him. But Jer- Kyle Shanahan picked him for a reason. He has a system that he's been dying to use for Jarek McKinnon for over two years now. They have not had that pass catcher running back like Jared McKinnon that Kyle Shanahan desperately wants. They had Matt Breida that shipped him off to Miami, and he's nowhere even close to the kind of guy that McKinnon is in the passing game. I think I've been talking Jarek McKinnon now for two years, and I've been burned because he's been hurt for two years. And I'm ready to stand on my soapbox this year when he produces at a high level, staying healthy, and produce tons of fantasy football points in this offense. Because again, all their receivers are hurt. They got George Kittle, Debo Samuel back week one, but Jarek McKinnon's going to be involved. I wouldn't be surprised seeing him line up in the slot sometimes. And I would go as far as saying Jarek McKinnon has the potential, again, the potential to finish as a very low-end running back one. I think he's locked in as a running back two. I love Jarek McKinnon in 2020. I think it's a great buy. I would say go out there and buy him, but if you know who I am and follow me on Twitter or you <laughs> listen to my podcast, you know I've been saying this forever. I have so many Jarek McKinnon shares, and I believe in him, just like we all leave and believe in Alvin Kamara and Sean Payton's system. There's absolutely no way you should not believe in Jarek McKinnon and Kyle Shanahan's system. He shows us, at least for the last three years in his systems, that his running backs produce. There's a reason we all know Raheem Mostert's name right now. It's because of Kyle Shanahan's system. He does it. Top eight in receptions, top five in receiving yards all three years he's been there. I love Mason McKinnon, and you guys should too. Go out in your leagues right now. Put an offer in. Put an offer in. See if you can get them. Thank me later on Twitter, at Dynasty Rich. I'm actually sending offers in all my leagues for him right now, actually. <laughs> Good. You, yeah, I'm definitely buying into McKinnon. I, 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 I've been on board with a lot of what you said this show. I just I don't know about Raheem Mostert, but we'll move on. Um, so we're going to go to our Find Me a Trade segment. Find me a trade! And this week it was submitted. I'm probably going to butcher Drew's last name. Uh, friend of the show, Drew Prowell. Prowl at dr underscore pra on Twitter. He has a 12 team super flex league. It's uh, 0.5 PPR with a 1.0 tight end premium. 
uh, does have IDP, but as we've told other guys who've submitted IDP rosters, we don't really know IDP, so we're going to ignore that part of it and just look at the offense for the trades. 36-man rosters start 10 on the offensive side, QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, super flex, and uh, four flex. And he said regarding his team, he thinks he's in no man's land, which I kind of agree with, with some solid pieces, but not enough to contend seriously uh, in a normal year and not sure I'm ready to tear it down and start over. So, Dustin, um, why don't you get into his roster and then we'll get into the trades? Yeah, so at, at quarterback, he he's pretty, pretty good at quarterback. He's got Baker, Daniel Jones, Teddy, and he's got Fitzpatrick and Dalton. Um, at running back, he's got um, Jonathan Taylor, who I love, but then he's got Kareem Hunt, Lindsey, Marlon Mack. So, like, he's okay at running back. Um, at wide receiver, he has DJ Chark, Justin Jefferson, Jarvis Landry, Slayton, Juju, James Washington, and then he has Fan Jefferson on his bench. And then at tight end, he's got Fant, Irv Smith, Njoku. So, I love his tight end room right there. So um, I'll jump right into my trade. I I don't necessarily have him fully rebuilding. I like the young wide receiving core that he's building. And I also like, you know, his quarterback room and his tight end room. I think he does need running backs. And so my trade, I, I think he's okay at, at wide receiver to, to be able to make this move. Was him trading away Juju and Marlon Mack to the steel shower curtain for two 2021 firsts, a 2021 second and Denzel Mims um, get another young receiver, get a couple of picks. I'm the type that I like to buy my running backs to the draft. Um, and, you know, he's already got his first. So getting two more first and another second, you know, gives him five picks in the first two rounds and he's not really losing anything from his team. Yeah. He's losing Juju, but I think he has enough wide receiving depth to be able to take that on. And I, I put in the notes that the uh, steel shower curtain could also use a quarterback. So adding Fitzpatrick, if he needs to, you know, we know Fitzpatrick is going to start some games. So adding Fitzpatrick to, to get the deal done, I, I would make that move. Um, but what do you guys think? I like the, the concept here. Um, Cause I also, I mean, he's definitely not ready to contend this year and he needs to, to move and get some, I think more future pieces. But um, I'm just not sure if Juju commands that much still. Maybe um, 221 first is a lot, plus a second, plus Mims. And I don't know how much Mac and Fitzpatrick add to it. That would be my only concern. Um, you might have to settle for, for less than what you're saying here. I definitely agree. The other guy, could he definitely could use Juju. He does not have a lot at receiver. Um, his best guy is probably... Uh, Julian Edelman and Brandon Cooks uh, and Marvin Jones. Those are like his three best guys. So he could definitely use a Juju. Um, and he's got some pieces where it looks like he's trying to compete this year. Um, so I don't hate it in terms of finding the team fit, but I just think that might be a little too much in return. Uh, any thoughts before I move on to yours, Rich? No, I, I would never pay that for Juju for sure. I wouldn't. Um, I think you're on the right path by that's who I narrowed down. His best asset to sell is Juju for sure. Um, I was looking at some teams here earlier. I was kind of going to go the Austin Eckler route, but looking at the league here a little bit, I like an idea of maybe going to witness to return 
Uh, his team doesn't look all that great either, but he could definitely use a really good young receiver with some upside, and that's Juju because he has Cortland Sutton. He's got Devontae Parker. I would try and get because I'm with you too. He needs a running back for sure. So that's that's the ultimate goal here. I'm wondering if, if again, because it all depends on who how you view Juju. Some people view Juju as still that elite young wide receiver. If you offered me anything for Juju, I'm telling you no straight up. I don't I don't want anything to do with him. So. But with witness return, I'm wondering if you can get J.K. Dobbins and Brian Edwards off of them, and you offer Juju, and um, because again, I mean, he can use the youth too. Like, I wonder if like Juju, your second, your third, and then maybe there's something else on your roster you can throw and try and get J.K. Dobbins and Brian Edwards off of there. Uh, the way I look at it is the second and third. Th- this person probably drafted for sure drafted Brian Edwards in the second, you know, at the very, at the very lowest in the second. So you're given a second and a third back for that. And then you're getting JK Dobbins for Juju almost straight up. Now the Brian Edwards hype is probably increased that value. Cause I mean, me personally, I've been trading away my 21 first before all this training cap news for Brian, Brian Edwards. I love Brian Edwards before the, the it's blown up. So I was starting to trade 21 first for him uh, about four weeks ago. So if I can get Brian Edwards and J.K. Dobbins off witness to return, I would love to include Juju and then a pick package where I'm giving up picks to get that return. Because then the way I look at it is you're getting two first-round picks back. So where you're trying to get two first-round picks for Juju, I'm trying to get those first-round picks on players that I like and take away the mystery of it. So I look at Brian Edwards and J.K. Dobbins as those two first, Dustin, that you kind of like want to get back. Denzel Mims a borderline first, so you're almost asking for three. And, and like you said, those Marlon Mack and Fitzpatrick, they don't move the needle for me. So I'm going to start with my Juju Smith, second round pick, third round pick. If you have a fourth round, throw that in there too. Who cares? It's not worth anything, and it makes the trade look sexier. And uh, try and get Brian Edwards and J.K. Dobbins and see if you can start there. Yeah, I think that may be more doable. Um, and he does the only, I guess my only concern with that, like you said, he has the receivers. Uh, he has a couple of receivers, but no one, the only one that's close to Juju is probably Cortland. Well, and he's ahead of Juju is Cortland Sutton. And um, the only issue I think might be is that it looks like on this roster, JK Dobbins is almost his running back too, which might not be great early on this year, but um, I mean, I'd even be willing to maybe make it even a little bigger and I- I'm willing to move on from hunt. If I can get Dobbins and Edwards back in that deal and maybe add uh, another piece coming back, yeah, but, you would need more back. Cause you'd actually, yeah, yeah, you'd, yeah. You'd expect hunt to be a running back, you know, a high end running back next year when he signs somewhere. Um, that's a little too pricey for me personally to give away hunt. I, I guess if you gave away, um, if you did juju and hunt and then you're looking back for then. A little bit more on top of that than you want Brian Edwards, you want J.K. Dobbins, and you probably want I'd want his first at that point. Yeah, maybe. maybe or maybe do a point where you're like, hey, I'll give you because this team's not that great either. So it's not gonna be like, hey, I'll give you I'll give you Hunt and Juju. You give me Edwards and Dobbins in your I'll give you Hunt, Juju in my second. You give me Hunt, you give me uh Dobbins, Edwards in your first. Right, yeah, I could see something like that happening. Um, so I'll get into mine, which I, you might not like, because I'm also giving away Hunt. But um, it's uh, uh, trading. I looked at the roster, and he's not going to contend this year. So 
I, I kind I also think he has a lot of nice pieces. Nothing, a lot of guys who aren't necessarily studs or anything, but a lot of good young pieces that he may just have to wait on, um, or, or maybe wait to get a little more in the draft to kind of get more studs on his team. Uh, what I wanted to do was just kind of trade away a few of the guys. I'm a little more okay uh, not taking in the next year. And I, I guess maybe I'm not as high on Hunt's prospects, even after he moves on from Cleveland. I, I'm not sure where, you know, we're not sure where he's going to end up. So what I did, I traded Landry, Hunt, and Fitzpatrick to the team. Show me the money for a 2021 first and uh, Nikhil Harry. And what I was thinking is that you could get the um, maybe get a running back with the he'll have two 2021 first. So maybe you beef up your running backs next year. I'm not really looking for him to win this year anyway. He's got Jonathan Taylor. He can add to that with one or uh, one of those first round picks or use them both maybe to 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 get a running back or trade up. And I like, you know, the receivers he has um, Landry. um doesn't have a ton of value, um, even though he should. So that's why I, I, I'm okay a little moving on from him. And he's a little older compared to the rest of his roster, which, like I said, is a lot of young pieces. And, and Harry is a guy I think can pick up a lot of value during this season. So um, either he can have him as, as another piece on his roster for 2021, or maybe he can, if, if he starts off well with Cam, then maybe he can sell him and get, get a running back there. So uh, what do you guys think of that one? I hate it. <laughs> you're getting a first back. You're getting a first back, and you're giving up two players you could argue you could trade for. for you're getting one first back. You're getting Harry. All reports out of New England's Harry's not really looking very well. So and there's a lot of question marks. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be there next year um, after 21. Landry, to me, is one of the most underrated uh, fantasy receivers out there today. Uh, he's worth a first all by himself. He was wide receiver 12 last year. He's he's had uh, He's been in the league for five years. He's got five top 16 finishes, I think, uh, in the league as well. So he's, his low end is like wide receiver 16, which is top echelon wide receiver two. Landry, to me, is way too good to give away just for a first and you give it a punt two could be a running back two as well. So you give up a wide receiver one and a running back two for a first, some random first. And again, and then you're, you immediately are creating a hole with the running back situation. So you're already, he's already weak at running back. So he's given up one of his best running backs. And now he's got to use that first round pick to draft a running back who could easily be filled by a guy like cream hunt. And then you're giving up Jarvis Landry for Nikhil Harry. And that's just, an absolutely atrocious trade. So yeah, I hate it. <laughs> I agree with your point on Landry. I just don't think he has the value that he deserves, and he's not going to. Re- it's it's going to be hard to get it first for him. Like, he's yeah, but it, you don't it, sell those players. Then those are the players you hold on to. You don't sell them just because like everybody else is down on him. You just like, well, I guess this is what I can get for him. No, you go well. Screw you guys. And if you guys don't realize the value, then I'm holding them. You know, and it's like. Don't come out with this ADP nonsense or whatever. It's like you never if you own Landry, like a guy like him, he owns Landry. He's been his roster. So he knows exactly what he's going to have Landry week in, week out, which is wide receiver one number. So yeah, it doesn't, to me that I just, I can, I can never, I can't do that trade. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of right there with, with rich. Sorry. Sorry, Rocky. I just, Landry should be a first on his own hunt. I've been seeing him traded for a first. So like, I, I think that, getting the pieces back he, we're missing something there um and 
Rich is right. Like Landry is the type of guy that's just going to die in your roster because nobody's going to value him and he's just going to keep performing. And so I'm, I'm there with Rich. I, I don't think this is a deal I would make. Now, if there's another piece coming back, like a, a late first, early second type piece, then I can see making that deal. But as it stands right now, like he's given up a lot of value and he's getting question marks back. Um, like we know Hunt and Landry are going to perform and we don't know that Harry or the pick is. Right. I, I get what you're saying. I, I will end with this, though, since I'll take the hate, but I will end with this, that I did put it into the Dynasty GM and it came out virtually even. So you may want to adjust your values there, Rich. Ooh. <laughs> um, but we're going to, that ends find me a trade. So that pretty much ends the show. Hey, hey really um, quick guys. I'm going to make, I got a, I got a quick question. I just got an offer on the show. You guys are going to make the decision if I accept this or not. So I can get Swift Ridley and a third for Gurley Hunt and Sutton. Swift, Ridley, and a third for Gurley, Hunt, and Sutton. I think I'd rather have Gurley, Hunt, and Sutton if I'm competing. Are you, are you competing? I am. Yeah, Gurley, Hunt, and Sutton. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, Ridley and Sutton are close, and I, I'd rather have Gurley and Hunt instead of Swift. Yeah, and I like Ridley. I just don't love him as much as everybody else. So. Yeah. Okay, so decision made, Dustin. <laughs> Maybe you can counter, ask for a little more. Yeah, yeah we'll see. That's for Derek McKinnon. <laughs> there you he go. doesn't have him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that does finish up the show, though. So, Rich, again, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, why don't you give your Twitter handle and just you know promote your stuff? Yeah, I'm at, uh, at Dynasty Rich on Twitter. Uh, you can always find me every Wednesday on the Dynasty Nerds podcast. Uh, and of course, dynastynerds.com, where we, you know, tons of free content on there, article wise. And you mentioned the Dynasty GM tool. We just launched that not too long ago. To, to us, we feel like it's the best Dynasty tool in the business today. If you want to see where Brother. your teams actually really stand in your league, we have a league analyzer. So it'll tell you where we think your team stands. Are you stuck in the middle, which is the worst place to be? Are you a contender? Do you need to blow it up? And not only tell that, we always talk, you guys talk about making these trades like, you know, nothing's worse than going through your league and you're like, okay, I need a receiver. Let me go through every one of these teams and see who's strong at receiver. And by the time you get to the 11th team, you're like, wait, let me go back. I don't remember. <laughs> we tell you who's strong where, who's the strongest at receiver, who's strongest at running back, who's strongest at tight end, every position. We have the league portfolio. So all your leagues, if you're in multiple leagues, are all in one spot, no matter where you're at, sleeper, MFL. We have the manual import. And we have the dynasty trade calculator on there as well. So you can actually calculate the trades and we have so many more improvements coming to this tool down the road. It's going to blow your guys socks off. I mean, pretty soon we want to make sure this is just a one-stop shop. So you actually send trades through the GM as well. So, you know, we have the, we have, we have the dynasty nerds film room on there. So if you want to scout these rookies for 2021, we have all their game tape on there, play by play that just they're on there. The nerd score. We have so many things in nicenerds.com to make sure you come away being the best dynasty fantasy football player you can be. Yeah, and I I've, I was already a member of the Nerd Herd, and you guys hooked me with the free trial. I, I'm I'm got the Dynasty GM tool as well, so you got another happy customer. Um, <laughs> poor man. Yep. 
So uh, just to remind everybody, I'm at Dynasty FF Addict. Dustin is at Dynasty Junkie FF. You can follow us there. DMs are always open if you have any questions or anything. Uh, you can also DM the or uh, follow the pod at Dynasty Junkies. If you ever want to submit to find me a trade, you can DM any of those Twitter handles at, or any commish questions. And also follow the DAP network at DAP underscore network. And then please, if you like what you've heard tonight, give us a subscribe rate and review and do the same for the DAP network as well. The ratings and reviews really help. We really appreciate it. Let us know what you think. And that'll do it for this week. We'll be back next week. Junkies out.